Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. I'm Chris, that's Dan, and this is episode 50 of the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Because it's episode 50 of The Simpsons. How about that, Dan? It's almost, they made it 50 whole episodes. I wonder how far they're going to go. Like a thousand? (laughs) Yeah, they're actually getting close to that. So... Let's uh, let's talk about what's going on this week, Dan. It's a beautiful. Well, we're going to be covering. Yeah, it's a beautiful Friday evening. I forgot to say that. Oh uh, yes, it's a beautiful Friday evening. Uh, as opposed to yesterday, where we got a freeze warning, and um, we were starting D and D, and I open up the thing, and it says freeze warning, and I'm like freeze warning, and I realized the temperature went down thirty degrees in the last hour. Yeah, it was weird. Um, so, See, I have that issue now getting up for work at 5 a.m. where I'm like, I head out to my car at 5.30 and I'm like, oh shit, there was a freeze warning last night. I actually have to like go a few minutes earlier because that early in the morning means <laughs> it's probably frost on the car. There was not for some reason, but it was very cold. Yes. This is season three, episode 15 of The Simpsons and it first aired on February 6th. 1992. Crazy. Insanity. Yes, this is... It is Homer Alone. Do you think that's a parody of a movie title? Nah. Yeah, I I doubt that. Oh, it's really Homer's Alone. Exactly. That's not a movie title or anything. Actually, really, it's not really a movie title parody at all. It's really an expression parody because... Home Alone is an expression. M- remember the part in Home Alone when Marv is all yeah. like, aren't the parents here? And Harry nods his head and goes, he's home alone. You're like, ah, oh, they said it. Oh, the titular line. Yeah, The titular line. Like that scene in, uh, that scene where Finn and Ray are talking and Ray's like, I have to, I have to leave you, Finn. And Finn's like, Please don't go, Ray. It's Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. That <laughs> yeah, doesn't really work for everything, but uh, <laughs> when it gets really long like that, <laughs> do not drink your juice and sausage. God damn it! You could make that into a whole thing. All right, so uh, be a minute to South Central when you're drinking your juice. And yes, thank you. You knew what I was going for, but I was like halfway blanking on the title and then cracking up at the thought of the title being in the movie. <laughs> so It probably is. That movie's insane. Yeah. There's a chance. <laughs> Alrighty. Bart will not spank others is what he's writing on the chalkboard. Which, if he were a little older, that would be really creepy. Like, really creepy. And the classic couch gag is the Pyramid. Yep. Parents on the bottom, kids in the middle, Maggie on the top. We're we're starting to get a lot of recycled ones. We are, but they're fun still. Uh, we get the classic Simpsons Roadrunner intro. Everybody remembers when the Simpsons did this one. With Bardus Don't Have a Cowus. And, oh god, I can't remember what Homer's is without actually, like, reading the trivia. But they're doing the classic... It's the classic, the room is actually uh, rotating when they're running through it. Yeah. (laughs) 
and it's that's the whole the whole idea is that the family is just being an absolute handful. I mean, Marge can't even get Maggie to freaking stop sucking on her pacifier. Trying to, like, get the bottle in there and everything. She's like, Maggie, you can suck on your pacifier when you're older. Now you gotta eat your bottle. And everybody runs into the kitchen. They're all talking over each uh, over each other at once. You know, Homer wants multiple sandwiches, and Lisa wants this, and Bart wants this, and... She doesn't want the pimentos. Yeah. And, yeah. and she does the quick thing where she's like, here, here's your... here. Your pimentos are out. Uh, Bart, your lucky red hat is where you left it. Behind the toilet. Homer, I'll do your I'll do your errand for you, but we're out of baloney. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Don't. Yeah, there's the uh, you know, everyone just talks. Everyone wants them the time, and they talk over. They each other all anyway. do it. They all. And she do still it. gets it all done. She still understands. This is the story of this episode is of the mother that holds the family together. Yes. Well, that's um, the thing, right? Is like Marge is sometimes super mom. And there's a, in the later episode where uh, the kids get sent to foster care at the Flanders, like you see what a super mom she really is and how she's insane at multitasking and taking care of her family. But what this is, is an example of when that goes too far, when the advantage is taken and the person holding it together can't do it anymore. And she's got like the huge list of errands. You know, she's got Maggie. She's got the cat in the carrier. She's got the she's got the purse. She's got the shopping list, and Homer's like, "Hey, t- take my bowling ball to Nick's. They got a bottle cap lodged in it." She's like, "Just use one of the alley balls." Oh, alley balls! All right, fine. Just put it in my left hand. Of course, that weighs <laughs> him down. Yeah. And then, of course, the bus shows up. She's like, "Kids, you're gonna miss the bus," and they're like, "No, we're not." And the bus drives off without them. Which is funny because, like. We did that before in a Bart the Murder, where like Bart's actually running to the school bus and the bus takes off without him. No school bus would ever do that. If I was actually running to the school bus, the bus would wait. The bus would stop. Yeah, in but fact, God help you if that door isn't open within five seconds of them stopping, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so. We're now following Marge during her supermom duties. Because she, she has to take the kids to school and drop them off. And Bart's making faces and Lisa's having an aneurysm over it. And then, Quit it. Quit it. Quit it. <laughs> quit it, quit it, quit it, quit it, ma. And then she just roars, get out. So you can tell she is being pushed over the edge. So she is doing her grocery shopping, and she's doing pretty good, making good time, and Maggie's throwing shit out of the cart. At least she's throwing shit out of the cart and not into the cart. Yeah, well, that's... usually the opposite issue with young children. Yes. They're sneaking stuff into the cart. Did you ever do that with your parents when you were younger? No, not really. Oh, I did. I always tried to sneak shit in there, and it never worked. Because if I knew it would never work. Well, here's the thing. If mom didn't catch it when it happened, she certainly caught it when we got to the checkout line. And and then she she started no selling it. She would like pull the candy bar out and just casually put it to the side and just keep going. And like, (laughs) just like son of a bitch, she knew what I was doing and she wasn't falling for it anymore. (sighs) 
So Marge is going to Nick's, and apparently there's two places called Nick's that... Oh, well, yeah, I haven't done a clear out in a long time. Maybe the other Nick's on the opposite side of town. Yeah, and they, they're both the, that sarcastic guy. Oh, hey, lady, I ain't flushed the bone years. That guy's the guy. Sometimes have a different appearance, but overall, he ends up being Raphael, the sarcastic guy, who's also just called the wise guy. Hey, Pelly. But yeah, so somehow both bowling store, bowling ball repair shops for called Nicks are not the right Nicks in town. So Marge has to walk away defeated. A uh, she then has to sit through. A Bill and Marty crank call on the radio where they call a guy and tell him his wife is dead. Which is not even remotely funny as a crank call. And then... (laughs) Yeah, and then, oh god, the... The voices in her head. They're doing the classic thing where they're all flying around and then there's the bowling guy. Ain't flushed the bowling years. And then finally, Maggie just... Her, bursts out her bottle, it explodes all over Marge, and she has a complete nervous breakdown. She skids... In the middle of the bridge. Yep. She skids her car to a stop and t- blocks traffic on both sides. And the bus driver of the Shelbyville Players, the thespian group, gets out angrily, storms up to the car and goes, Lady, this better be good. And Marge roars like a lion and scares the shit out of the guy. And then we cut to Arnie Pie with Arnie in the sky. We got a traffic stop on the bridge. Lady blocking traffic in both directions and look out on the corner of 8th and Main because I just dropped my bagel. (laughs) Which I got a kick out of. I was going to kick out of that. And then you start seeing what all the the patrons are doing while this is happening. Otto gets up on top of the school bus and just starts tanning. Oh, uh, right. Uh, some generic Italian mobsters like, hey, move it, I got a body in the trunk. <laughs> and then Mr. Teeny spills chocolate ice cream all over Krusty's expensive car and he freaks out at him. And then, of course, you get the, uh, the classic Kent Brockman... Uh, sky, sky harness, where he. Yeah. This yeah. is more than just your regular old <laughs> dumb Sorry. traffic report. Hey, hey. oh, get over it, Artie. Yeah, get over it, Artie. And of course, he goes too far. They crank yep. his head against the bridge. Yep. Classic, classic, classic trope. And then, of course, as they're watching the news story, Homer is with Lenny and Kara laughing. He's like, "Oh, what's the matter, baby?" Ain't getting enough of the good stuff at home. She rolls down the window. However, normally Lenny and Carl would actually actively laugh at Homer, but they actually have some remorse on their face this time. And Homer, of course, arrives on the scene. Oh, what were they saying to the? What was Wiggum's idea? And they're just like, oh, you got, you got a better idea. Have you tried knocking on the door or something? Well, I'm all out of ideas. Oh, I'm all out of ideas. Is it something like, did you try honking or ring the siren or something? And then, of course, Homer shows up. He's like, let me in. I'm the husband. And 
Eddie and Lou have a nice little laugh about that. But Homer successfully talks Marge out of the car. Very sweet little speech here, too. Like, Yeah, because then you realize it was all bullshit. Because he said, do everything he can to make things better. And then he just passes out in bed. Yep. Of course he does. (laughs) But he gets Marge out of the car. They hug. And then, of course, she gets cuffed. I love that her hair is factored into the mugshot photo, by the way. Yeah, because she's like almost a foot taller with the hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I love that it's the lady cop taking the taking the picture, and she's like, you know, all of us ladies down here at the precinct, we're really inspired by you, and we're with you. She's like, oh, thanks. Can you loosen my cuffs? No. And then you get the, the classic dark room, the dark room with the light and everything, and it's Quimby and Wiggum, who've got this rivalry... Wiggum's like, she's a criminal. We got to lock her up. He's like, let me tell you something there, chief. If Marge Simpson goes to jail, I can kiss a female voter vote in this town. Goodbye. Well, you talk big, Quimby. Yeah, well, I got claws, Wiggum. You know, it's the the classic trope of them fighting. So, Marge is really... Because if they didn't have each other, they would actually have to do their job. Oh, yeah. And they're both awful at their job. That's the thing, right? Is like the chief of police and the mayor are super, super incompetent and corrupt. Yeah, and it is. If there was a different mayor, then... Wiggum wouldn't have a job. Wiggum would either get fired or have to get his shit together. And if there was a a different chief sheriff, Quimby would either get ousted or have to get his shit together. Or he'd get... Yeah, he'd be in prison. So, yeah, that's the only way that this would work is the incompetence. And that's the thing, right? It's like all Quimby ever cares about is getting votes and being elected, but he doesn't do anything with his power. He just wants the power. And that's just kind of the same thing with Wiggum. That's what makes them interesting characters. That's why they work well off of each other. Because, like, the dumb corrupt mayor thing has been done before and the dumb cop has been done before. But the Simpsons kind of perfected the model and put them together and made them interesting. And, like, okay, yeah, we're ripping off... We're ripping off characters. I mean, Quimby is just JFK. Essentially. A fat, corrupt JFK. And then... Quimby, or, uh, Wiggum is, uh, the guy from the Honeymooners. Ralph Cramden. So, they knew what they were doing. So, yeah, Marge makes the big announcement to Homer that all she needs is a vacation. After he, of course, falls asleep. And he's like, what do you mean? We just had one of those. It was awful. And she's like, no, I mean like a vacation from the family. Oh my god, are we getting a divorce? No, Homer. I also Which like... It's like, bitch, you have a family. You don't get a vacation from the family. Vacations <laughs> with the family. No, but she's also right. Lots of couples do take separate vacations. My wife and I have taken separate vacations from each other. I mean, it's not a bad thing. Actually, a lot of people recommend them. I do like that uh, Homer shows the bottomless pit photo from Mystic Caverns, where he's got Bart dangling over it. <laughs> so, so she sees it for Rancho Relaxo. That's oh yeah, and the ad is great too. They got like the the senor doing all the events, including just sitting in the hot tub. So she's like, "All right, well that's the winner." So to prove that Homer. Should not be trusted. 
as a parent with the kids on his own, she's going to leave Homer alone and send the kids off to Patty and Selma's, which they well, are. Well, I mean, he does have a regular job. I mean, it'd be the kids would be alone for a hunk of every day, even if he was around. Right? Yeah, that's true. Although she does let Maggie stay with him, which makes you wonder how that works. But the best part is as soon as Maggie sees what's about to happen, she grips onto the door handle and her grip is more powerful than Homer. To the point where Lisa Todd says, we should have tried that. Yeah, <laughs> wish I thought of it. That's <laughs> the best. So Homer's going to keep the baby. He sees Marge off to the train station and that's the classic thing where like she's leaving on the train and they're shouting to each other <laughs> like Marge what do I do how often do I change Maggie whenever she needs it how do I use the pressure cooker don't and it's Homer is all alone so Marge arrives at Rancho Relaxo with the WKOMA radio Featuring songs about clouds as she as she signs the guest book and checks into her luxurious room. Meanwhile, the kids are sitting down to tongue sandwiches. Yeah, is... it's just literally a tongue. Like that's not how the the food tongue works. <laughs> no, but this is Patty. It usually it usually doesn't look like a tongue on a piece of toast. It looks. No. Like... <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you because I've tried different odd foods different odd parts it looks like a steak they say it's tongue it looks like a steak yeah you know and guess what it tastes like steak because it's fucking cow <laughs> there you go it might be a little tougher or more gamey than your regular cuts or whatever but that's the way the news goes well it's it's a funny gag on itself but it's also a that's also like a uh, a Patty and Selma thing that they would do something really weird and gross and think it's completely normal, which makes it really funny. So you're gonna sleep with Aunt Patty and you'll sleep with Aunt Selma, <laughs> and, and you better get your stuff together because I'm because I snore or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And the best part is that you think you know fear? I've seen them naked in part screens. The best part is uh, they got, they get so scared they hold hands under the table. Uh, yep, it's going to be a fun adventure with Patty and Selma. So Marge is in her room, and she turns on her TV and gets the Rancho Relaxo Guide, hosted by our friend Troy McClure. You might remember him from such movies as Today We Kill, Tomorrow We Die, and Gladys the Groovy Mule. I also, that's, I'm sure everybody's picked up on this by now, but that's one of the things we do on the show, is we always, if there's a trope, we have to talk about it. And the Troy McClure tropes, we'll be talking about that all the way up until his last appearance. All right, you kids want a drink? We've got Clavado, Mr. Pib, and soy milk. (laughs) Yeah, good God. Uh, we get a quick montage of Homer's night with Maggie. So he's trying to get her to eat the baby food. So he eats it. He ends up eating all of it. <laughs> and you see that he's gone through all of the mm, strange peas. 
Uh, you see that he sleeps on the couch and literally sleeps on her. He can't get her diaper to, to fasten properly, so he staples it. And while he's putting on a puppet show for her in the kitchen, Santa's little helper attacks him and Maggie starts applauding. That was a good little short pick there. Uh, Bart and Lisa, well, Bart is going through their undergarments and finds a giant bra. Of course, Lisa's like, Bart, don't snoop. You find anything good? Hi, Karumba! <laughs> we get two I Karumbas uh, in the episodes that we're watch- that we're going to be reviewing tonight and uh, on Monday. We get a re- another really good I Karumba. It's not like a big Bart thing, but... And then, of course, Patty snores. And it's like the most horrible thing ever. But not before they finish watching MacGyver. Oh, yeah. Richard Dean Anderson will be in my dreams tonight. That's their thing is there. They they love MacGyver. The worst court time in 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. They love MacGyver just like Grandpa loves Matlock. I also love when they cut to Marge. She's like doing the thing where she's all curled up on the one side of the bed because when you're a couple, you get used to having your side of the bed. And then she she does realizes, oh, the bed's mine, so she does the big stretch out thing. I will tell you right now, Dan, I have done that. I've like instinctively slept on one side of the bed and then realized I didn't have to and boom, stretch out. And then... When it's just me in the bed, I wake up in the middle of the night and realize I don't have the bed to myself because I've got cats. So, that is a thing. So. And now you have one-fifth of the bed. You have one corner of the bed. And. Yes. Because, yeah. Now, that, that is entirely true, especially when you have two. But. Homer says a nice little sweet good night song to Maggie. Falls asleep. Leaves the house a mess. Uh, of course, Barney stops by. We didn't talk about that. And he's like, hey, that must be little Bart. Someone's got a stinky diaper. <laughs> oh, that's me. Or he just said somebody's stinky. And Maggie, missing Marge, escapes. The great escape. So she's looking for Marge. And she's, of course, she sees, like, the, the bush in the Flanders yard that looks like Marge's hair. Is that her? And then <laughs> Barney, Homer's like, Barney, you gotta help me find her. And he thinks he's got her underneath the porch. But what he actually has is the water main. And he rips it up. Thanks, Barney. Yeah. yeah, so Maggie is just wandering a shopping mall looking for Marge, and nobody notices this. Some lady's getting the haircut. Yeah, it looks like Marge, right? And it's awful, and she hates it, and she, like, screams. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and that's it. Like, Marge has been totally pampering. Marge does everything on the Rancho Relaxo video. And we get a bonus Troy McClure movie when she says that she's, uh... She's snuggled up with a Sunday Because that's what Troy McClure does. He gets a Sunday. He, she's got tequila. She takes a bath and she watches Thelma and Louise. And the bonus Troy McClure movie is Calling All Quakers. Oh, that shit always makes me laugh. Homer actually falls and mi- phones a missing baby hotline and they start playing Baby Come Back. They always have a song for the moment. 
And then we actually find out that Maggie's on top of a building just sleeping, and the cops are trying to talk her down because they think it's a suicide giant jumper. Yeah. Uh, but they retrieve Maggie. They bring her her home. They yeah, turn- Wiggum rings the doorbell, and he's like, you the guy that has a missing baby? Yeah. Only found her. Yeah. <laughs> Can you describe her? Well, she's a girl, and she's got a bow. Bingo! And he's like, you found her! Now, hold on, sir. You're wanted on three charges of neglect. And he, Homer's so happy, he kisses Wiggum on the lips and thanks him. He's like, ah, don't let it happen again, you big lug. <laughs> Next time a cop's about to arrest you, Dan, just open mouth kiss him and see how that goes for you. Okay. Apparently, apparently, if they're corrupt, you'll get away with it. So, so it's time to uh, pick up Marge from the train station. And I love that Homer duct tapes Maggie to the car seat and then goes in to collect the kids and they're literally gripping onto his leg, which they do when he came looking for her at the, uh, at Patty and Selma's. Have you seen Maggie? No. Well, get back in there. And when Marge comes home and sees the picture of her family and they're She's like, did you miss me? And of course they do the thing again where they're all talking over each other and they're all screaming, don't leave us, don't leave us again. And the final scene is everyone appreciating Marge and they're all sleeping in bed together. Yes, they're all in bed together. And they all missed her so much. Homer Alone. Uh, pretty sweet episode, I must say. All things considered, it's it's a good story, right, Dan? I mean, it tells that that classic tale of Yes, I'm holding everything together, but I have a breaking point, which is a TV trope, but it's also a real thing that happens in real families. What do you think? Yeah, it's not fun, <laughs> but it is heartwarming, but at the same time, you know it's just going to be a matter of time before she has enough again. They didn't deal with the actual problem. No, but that's the Simpsons for you. Why deal with the actual... Yeah, everyone's going to treat her better for a couple weeks. And then it'll be back to normal. That's just it. That's a thing with The Simpsons. There's a lot of ups and downs. You never quite know which direction things are going to go in, but... All right. Well, Dan, I got some trivia for you. Let's talk about Homer Alone. David N. Stern noticed that most of the writers were pitching stories about Bart and Homer, and he thought a deeper vein of comedy could be reached by having Marge suffer from a nervous breakdown. James L. Brooks immediately approved the idea. That's great. And we did mention it's a play on Home Alone. David M. Stern's brother, Daniel, starred in the movie. In fact, when Homer notices that Maggie's missing, he mimics the famous Home Alone poster. I think I noticed that, but didn't actually connect it. And I probably should have, so good on them. Uh, This is the third time a case of ironic musical hold has caused a Simpsons character to burst into tears. The first was with Stark Raving Dad, which Marge is listening to Crazy by Patsy Cline. And of course, the second was Saturdays of Thunder when Homer dialed the National Fatherhood Institution. Uh, yeah, and that is a running theme. We'll see more of that down the line. 
the man who rudely turns down the lube job and blatantly tells the squeaky voice teen, do not touch me, was the same man in When Flanders Failed who was rude to Ned about validating the parking ticket. I did not pick up on that. We didn't talk about this particular scene, but there's a guy wearing a giant British headdress that looks like Marge's hair. It's a squeaky voice teen, and he's doing a horrible Cockney accent trying to get people to come in for a lube job, and some guy's like, don't touch me. I didn't realize that was the same guy. Good trivia there. So just so everybody's aware who listens to this show, I don't read any of the trivia before we do this episode. I'm reading it all for the first time. So it's not like I I prepare the trivia. So I'm just as interested in hearing the trivia as you guys are. And if you're not interested in hearing the trivia, you probably already turned the podcast off and I'm talking to nobody. Uh, Very end, when the whole Simpsons family is squished in the same bed and the lights are turned off, Maggie is the last to close her eyes, which is a reference to the first appearance the Simpsons ever made in the goodnight short on the Tracy Ullman show. If you're unfamiliar with that, the whole premise is that as they're each saying goodnight to one of the kids, they freak them out. And then they all climb into bed with the parents, terrified. And Homer is basically like, all right, everybody go to sleep and turn with that with that really off Homer voice and turns the light out. And Maggie is the last one to shut her eyes. Another good reference, especially considering this is the 50th episode. We also know that Marge has roared before. Do you remember some enchanted evening? <laughs> when she roars at the kids. And they're like, hey, where's dad going to come home? And she turns around and roars a scream. Speaking of roars. Yep, there's my cat. The queen of roars. Uh, this is the first episode to reference Patty and Selma's fondness for MacGyver. And don't worry, that will come back plenty of times. Uh, The animators reference their own director, uh, Jim Reardon. He makes a cameo when Marge is leaving for Rancho Relaxo. Jim Reardon famously hates flying and took trains whenever possible, so the animators always include him in train stations scenes. How interesting. Marge's train goes to Shelbyville, Badwater, Cattle Skull, and Testing Grounds before reaching Rancho Relaxo. I love that Testing Grounds one. That's the best part. And there you go. Homer Alone. This coming Monday, we're going to review a very classic episode of The Simpsons, Bart the Lover. This is one of those Simpsons episodes that has a... Very famous A-plot, and then a B-plot that is less famous, but has one of, not the, but one of my all-time favorite Simpsons jokes ever. Dan, do you know what it is? Don't say what it is. I just want to know if you know what it is. Um, In Bart the Lover. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, it's one of the... Yeah. yeah. It, there's, it's kind of a montage. One of my, oh, it's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, we'll get to that. That will be coming up this Monday when we review Bart the Lover. But until then, I'm Chris, that's Dan, and this has been another Stupid Sexy Podcast.
feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all.